0: we've gone from having to drench constantly with really harsh drenches to manage the parasites to like now we typically count at at three and a half weeks from the previous drench date and um, there's no parasites present.
1: New Zealand sheep and beef farmers rank resistance of parasites to drench as one of their major animal production challenges. We simply can't drench our way out of drench resistance So welcome to the Parasite Chronicles. This is your chance to hear firsthand on how New Zealand farmers have embraced a low or reduced drench route. So make sure listening to this series is your action plan on being wiser to those worm burdens on farm. I'm Sarah Perry M. Lamb, I'll be your host taking you across the country to meet sheep and beef farmers with a range of farm sizes and systems to learn how you too can use management tools to create robust animals in the face of parasite pressures. Well, on this episode of the Parasite Chronicles, we're heading to Taramanui in the King Country to catch up with Carlos Segura, who is managing at Maanui Station. Welcome, Carlos. The reason we're having a chat with you today on the Beef and Lamb Parasite Chronicles podcast is because I understand you've been working closely with Wormwise expert, uh, Janita Dunsky, and... Uh, just tell us a little bit about how you came to start working with Jenny, and uh, when drench resistance really started to become a problem at Maunui.
0: Yes, hi. Um, thank you for having me. Um, started working with Jenny about five years ago uh, when I took Mananui um, Station over, and we had a really we discovered very fast that we had a really high uh, drench resistance. And um, while talking with Jenny, we discovered that the the product, the animal health treatment for the farm was mainly based on how much product could be rammed down into our accounts rather than what the animals actually needed. So we changed practices with vets and then when I started planning it with Genie, we realized that half the stuff that was on my animal health plan wasn't actually needed. And then Jenny uh, started um, bridge resistance throughout the whole flock and then we soon found out that we, were, we had resistance to multiple triples and the only thing we could pretty much use was just... Um, the likes of Solvex or Startex. so we started monitoring everything, everything will be fecalic counted prior to being drenched and only um, through our fictalic and result we would then decide what we would drench with and when. Prior to that we would only just blanket us. As-
1: so for our audience, could you give us a little bit of context with regards to um, the scale and type of operation you're running?
0: So Mananui station is 1,700 effective hectare block, and we are mainly finishing block. So everything that is pretty on farm, um, it's finished. Beef and cattle, about 40, 60 ratio. We didn't have much problem with the cattle, but yeah, the other sheep was a big a big issue with dredge resistance.
1: So what were the, some of those telling signs when you really knew you started to have a problem to be able to reach out for help?
0: Just the condition of the stock. The growth rates weren't there and you're know, just poor condition. Like, it didn't matter how much uh, feed you threw at them. It was just, they just looked off.
1: Absolutely. And uh, and what's been those real key learnings that you've had uh, around, you know, taking it year by year, season by season to come around from a position of triple drench resistance to where you are today?
0: Well, the the most important thing was to make sure that the decisions you were making were informed decisions, not just... Oh, we're at the 30-day mark, let's just stretch everything. And you didn't even really know what, what parasites were present um, and what was affecting them. So you were just throwing money and hoping for the beast. So you drilled it into me that, you know, you really need to make an informed decision before you stretch every time. So every time at the 28, 25 day mark, we would thick a out everything. Every flock, every mole for you know, about 10, 15, 20 animals per mole, depending on the size. And then wait on the seek a results and see what parasites were present and then sit down and chat with Jenny and this is what's present and what he recommended and go from there. For a couple of years, we had to, um, in a row, because of the resistance, we had to wean lambs uh, straight onto a Soldex or a which, you know, is, is a big cost. But there was no other choice for us because of the drainage resistance we already have present.
1: I'm also just sitting here thinking about the workload of fecal egg counting everything. Is that quite cumbersome in the yards?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, stuff, you know, um, having to go out there with a spoon and gloves and all the containers and try to walk around the paddock they've just been in, look for fresh, and um, pickle samples and whatnot. And, you know, some young people are like, they, they turn their nose up like, this is not my job, but they, they eventually see what, what you try to achieve and what the work that they are doing produces the information. Information, if you have no information, then you're just sailing blind pretty much. And they they soon took it on on board and yeah they they know it now
1: yeah and and being able to explain the long term impacts on the animals' productivity would also be uh, quite great when over the periods ensuing of those seasons to see the outcome of you know the condition the feed going into them it must be rewarding
0: it is it's like it's changed dramatically we we've gone from having to drench constantly with really harsh drenches to manage the parasites, to like now we typically count at, at three and a half weeks from the previous drainage date, and um, there's no parasite present, so you kick it to six weeks. And we've been able to kick it right up to like eight, 12 weeks at some stages, depending on the season, without having to drain because there's nothing present. And um, before you were just throwing drainage in there for the sake of throwing drainage because you know that's what you've been told. Now we don't we don't have to. So your your output of drainage reduces dramatically once you have it under control.
1: Do you do you have any uh, numbers that can come to mind with regards to you know the cost of inputs percentage wise dropping or the increase in live weight gain you've seen since or anything like that to share?
0: Uh, no, not not at the top of my head, no. But the like the annual health bill had more than half. Mm. Let's just put it that way, and you know it was it was right up there on triples with triple figures and either half year, so which is really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, if you are speaking to farmers um face to face, or for those who are listening, uh, what are some of those key things that to consider if you are listening to this, really struggling to make that turn? Because it's ripping that band aid off and actually trusting that pulling that drench back is going to work.
0: Yes, it is scary at first, but if you have your pretty much all your dogs lined up in a row, if you have the feed and the information behind you are to make an informed decision, then, you know. It's pretty simple, just trying to get out of that habit, you know, like we've been put into that habit of like every 30 days you have to drink, 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 maximize production and if you don't know what's inside them, then what are you doing? You're just you're just being pretty much a sheep, you're just following the flock. I try and be defined and find out what works for you pretty much.
1: Thank you for that sheep pun, Carlos. That was fab- fabulous. Well done. But wh- one burning question actually is around grazing management practices and having clean feed. Uh, any advice around changes you've made there?
0: Yes. So another thing that um, I picked up from Jeannie, you know, grass grows, right? So the typical sheep and bee station, you know, it's always looks like a golf course because you, know, you have to clean your pasture and whatnot. So we, we turned it upside down a bit and we we go into really high um covers and leave quite high covers on on the way out as well and the recovery period period it's a lot shorter and the quality of the feed is maintained right through so when we get to winter we you know we have a really good cover like they they use pretty much sit around the three average conditions score all year round even through lambing which is pretty hard to, to get there but once you're there and, and you manage your practices like teaching the young the young guys that help you out to um get to the paddock and not be like oh they'll do another day the attitude you know like changing that mindset it was the hardest part but once you rea- once they realize that moving faster creates you know better pasture and whatnot and better residuals and then you don't you're not forcing the animal to graze down into those low covers where you know your parasites may be and whatnot it's just taking the top off and moving on
1: yeah what about your uh Cattle stocking rate and rotations, have you increased cattle? How have you changed in your integration there?
0: Um, We have changed the cattle policy a bit. We just buy and trade um, uh, from 12 to 18-month-old cattle, get bought in. We do about 12 to 1500 a year, depending on the season and um, yeah, same thing. The other one was to get into the habit of not compromising one stock class to save another. So they're both treated as, you know, everyone's treated as 1st class citizens. There's no such thing as uh, the cleanup crew and whatnot. So that was the hardest part to also drill into the, into the staff to like, you know, everyone needs to be treated the same
1: absolutely wonderful messages there thank you very very much for your time um carlos segura uh, farming at mananui station in taramanui in the king country and uh, some great experience over the last five years and pulling away from a position of triple drench not working turning around the productivity of those lambs and some great great lessons so thank you very much for your time
0: thank you very much for having me anytime
1: We hope this has been helpful for you and realise there is no one-size-fits-all approach, but careful ongoing monitoring, feeding, stock well and using other parasite management practices will be important. As well as of course head along to Beef and Lamb New Zealand's Knowledge Hub or wormwise.co.nz for more information. Make sure to check out all our other episodes in this series as well. Thanks for listening.